St. Patrick's Day. Or as we refer to it, Kevin Barker, amateur hour for drinkers. Nice. Hey, thanks for dressing up, by the way, for the viewers that are on TV watching. I got a sweater. I got a shirt. What is that? What is that you're wearing? A sweater and a shirt, dude. <laughs> Some of us aren't in Florida. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I could have my short sleeve shirt out there, but. Uh, oh, like this one? Yeah, like that one. <laughs> Get some sun in your arm. Man, for a guy who's been in Florida for a month. Uh, you know what? It, you, you don't have you a lot what of it sun is, Jeff? on you. What? I've been working. Oh, okay? And all the working that I've been doing, these guys uh, are inside. Okay? You've been working. Somebody's got to carry the show. You've been working. Uh, Anyhow. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, Barker. Hey, buddy, you too. And everybody listening. Yeah, indeed. I'm frisky today, Jeff. I am frisky. Oh, I know you are. We got into it before the show. And it was, it was like... <laughs> It was pretty. Uh, <clears throat> what you said is the absolute dumbest thing I've ever heard. We're not going to repeat that on the on the air, but it it was. It wasn't dumb. It was just. It was a five minute conversation. We're coming from a different. I'm coming from the point of view of a reporter, and my new sense, and you're arguing against it as somebody who thinks that a lot of stuff is BS. Which is fine. It I, is. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's, true. it's classic. It's classic. You should feel there would be something wrong if you agreed with me what we were talking about. We spent two minutes talking about something nobody knows what the hell it's all about. Anyhow, Pete Walker, and you're never going to know about it either. Pete Walker, the Blue Jays pitching coach, <laughs> joins us in about 15 minutes. Uh, ben Wagner will join us from the broadcast booth in Dunedin. It is split squad heaven today. The yep. Jays are playing the Phillies in Dunedin. They're also playing the Phillies in uh, Clearwater, and uh, the Dunedin game is on the radio, it's on the website, and it's on the tube as well, and the lineup for the Jays in that game is Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Belt, Merrifield, Jansen, Kiermaier, Capra, Clement, you say Kikuchi is on the mound. The other game, I guess the highlight of the other game is Alejandro Kirk will be catching Chris Bassett, that ought to be intriguing. Uh, it'll be Biggio, Chapman, Varsho, Kirk, Espinal, Lucas, Nunez, Britton, Eden in that game. Uh, if you are going to the game in Dunedin, if you're listening to us in Florida, uh, you will also see, in addition to Yusei Kikuchi, also scheduled to pitch Pearson Romano, Simba Hernandez. So pretty good uh, turnout. and uh, All big leaguers. All big leaguers. Why are you laughing? told you I'm frisky today. God. <laughs> frisky. Well, you've only got a couple of days left in Florida, and then you're back here. I do. Oh. A reminder, oh, the back leg counting the days. line is, oh, yeah. I'm counting the days. 416-413-3959. I can't wait to get home out of the sun where it's warm and everything in the pool and the back and everything's going to be awful. I can't wait. God. Jay's lost 7-4 to... Uh, Baltimore last night. You don't really care about that. Nothing happened in that game. Nobody of importance even Great played, point. I don't think, did they? Zach Thompson looked awfully good. Three innings, five hits, four earned runs. Barger had an RBI. Lucas had an RBI. Yeah. That's the only thing I looked at. Yeah. Other than that, does it matter? Yeah. No, it doesn't. No offense. It really doesn't matter. Any of those guys that played in that game, no offense. Kirk and Bassett. Have we figured out yet? Or And will we ever know? Or is it going to be a matchup thing, a day-to-day thing, Kevin, who is going to be catching who? Like, I think it's obvious Manoa and Kirk are going to be paired up. No question. 
Uh, Bassett, we've talked about, is a guy who has got a bazillion pitches. Mm-hmm. I would think the Blue Jays are are praying right now that Major League Baseball allows pitchers to use PitchCon this year so that Bassett can call his own pitches as opposed to having the catcher a lot. call mm-hmm. his own pitches. How do you see it working out, though? Like, walk me through... Walk me through the pairings here. Are there pairings beyond Manoa and Kirk? Is Jansen uh, obviously yeah, paired the, with Gossman? Like, how yeah, do you I think view the it? Kirky Barrios would would be an interesting one. I, I know Jansen last year had Barrios a couple of times just because they were trying to walk Barrios off the plank. Yeah, he just couldn't figure out whatever he was trying to figure out, and they were hoping that you know the the that Danny Jansen could be the big boy in the room like he's been with some other guys and just help him through some bumps in the road that maybe Kirky couldn't do. I, you know what this does for me? This just tells you that they're trying to get the best lineup that they can possibly get most of the time. Right. Now I'm not saying that Danny Jansen's not you know evolved into offensively what he wants to be as a pull hitter who tries to create backspin and hit homers, which I love that. I don't care about the average, care about you know getting it down and getting it singing to the pull side and do a better job behind the plate of calling a game, receiving some things that he had some woes with. You know, sometimes he's a little too wide on – he's giving some pitches away for the guy standing on the on-deck circle. I know they've worked that out, and that's a little bit better. I just think it's about getting the best lineup in and trying to get Kirky in the lineup more because of Brandon Belt. They brought Brandon Belt here to hit, mm-hmm. right? He'll occasionally give Vladdy some time off defensively at first when Vladdy wants to DH. But for the most part, I would I would assume the way it just seems right now that Brandon Belt's your everyday DH. So who's that leave out? That would leave out the the backup or whoever, however you want to, you know, put the title on Kirky. It just seems like this is one of those things where if Kirky's hot offensively, it gives him a better excuse to put him in the lineup and put him wherever they want to put him and let him do offensive things that again when Teoscar left Jeff we, we said this as soon as how are they making up for the 25 and 80 and and how you can't leave a guy over there who can handle the bat who can hit with two strikes who can hit good pitching who can drive in runs like they need run producers and I know the lefties that they brought in you have no idea offensively what you're getting from the center fielder the left fielder you don't have any idea right, right? and the new That's changes fair. that Chapman has has brought which is the the toe tap and those things you have no idea so I think for me this is just they're going to see what they got they're going to see what the flow of the game looks like with with Kirky behind the plate. You know, I think from what I understand and the people I've talked to, and we're going to ask Petey about the lanes, that seems to be the big deal. It ain't so much about pitches as much as where I'm setting up for the pitches for the catcher. And that for me is how you you sort of think, if you're watching today's game, how they're going to get on the same page. And can Kirky get the sign soon enough? Now, again, pushing that button for Bassett, like you said, will help because that gives Kirky the sign, knowing that that's what he wants to throw. And now he should know where to set up to have the pitch start there. It's all about where they start, right? He'll know if it doesn't start there. If it starts there and he misses, he'll know how to self-correct and throw a better pitch the next time. So it's interesting. It's a lot goes into a championship team trying to get the best offensive team they could possibly get in there on an everyday basis, at least for me anyway. Yeah, and it's – um. You know, it's, look, it's something. There's no Gabriel Moreno this year. Uh, he obviously, of course, was traded as part of the Dalton Varsho deal. So it's really it is. It's all about production behind that uh, behind the plate. And 
Rob Brantley is in the organization, so there is a certain amount of, you know, if you if you had to bring Rob Brantley up to back up for a week or so, you'd you'd probably be okay with that. He's a pro. He's been around. He's probably not. It's not going to kill you behind the plate. But yeah, it, it is going to be interesting, and it's it's also going to be interesting because. You know, it's not just for this year. We're looking at Kirk and Jansen. We're looking. We're looking down the road as well. There again, there is no Gabriel Moreno. They, they, these are your guys, probably for the foreseeable future. Not just this year, but probably for the for the foreseeable future. And all the starting pitchers, by the way, that are here are all under long term contract. They ain't going anywhere. Manoa's going nowhere. Uh, Gossman's going nowhere. Uh, you know, Barrios, I mean, who the hell knows? Let's just leave that aside right now. But uh, Bassett's here in a multi year contract. The, the the batteries, the combinations, this is what you're going to have for the next two years at least, probably three. And yeah, well, again, it gets you better options, right? Yeah, you know, the, the, Kirky is a better hitter than Jansen. And I think that is sort of, you know, the bat-to-ball skills, using the whole field, hitting velocity. Danny Jansen is what Danny Jansen is. Danny Jansen is sort of what you've been trying to yell and scream about the last so year is to say – Try and, you know, hit a homer every single time. Who cares about your average? Hit the ball hard. Square the baseball up. Be who you are, which is a pull hitter. And I think Danny Jansen's bought into that. So just having Kirky in there a lot more because of the Brandon Belt effect is it's a big deal. They want to they have as many good hitters as possible sprinkled in behind the big three. And I did say the big three. I didn't mm-hmm. say the big four because I don't think they really know who the fourth guy is yet. And... Just makes total sense. You want to see what you got. You want to see what it what it looks like. You'd rather see what you got now than see, you know, if you have to throw, and it never happens, you have to throw him in, Kirky and, and Bassett in together in a regular season game, and then it looks like you've never caught a baseball or put a finger down or pushed a button before. So they're trying to get all of that out of the way so it looks better, and I'm sure it'll all work out and it'll look the way it's supposed to look. Kevin, really, do you have any update, and maybe we'll, we'll get this from uh... – We'll get this from Ben Wagner later. Any update at all at Mitch White uh, uh, about Mitch White as to when we will see him pitch in an actual game? Nope. I've asked uh, numerous people about that. It's it's very hush hush. Uh, I have not seen he's even thrown aside. So I mm. I mean we could ask Petey. Maybe Petey will give us information on that. I'm not real sure if he would or not, but we can ask. Uh, I have asked people that are a little closer to me that that are around the team every single day. You know one. <laughs> Should know a lot more, and I have asked, and I have not heard that. I do know when I saw him throw in the live batting practice. I think that was last Friday when I saw him throw. Right, when we were live on we were live on radio, and he was throwing the Vladdy. I think he's throwing to Brandon Belt. That was when I was also seeing uh, Zach Pop throw. He looked fine to me. Ball was coming out hot. I, you know, I think he's throwing some breaking balls. Uh, he looked like he was in a, a good flow of what he wanted to do out there, which is the thing he wasn't favoring. He didn't, you know, he didn't do that when you're coming off something, Jeff, where you actually like you're rolling around in a circle, like mm-hmm. you're trying to keep it loose. I did not see any of that. But again, I have not seen him throw since then. Right. So we can ask Petey when he comes on. So opening day is two weeks less a day away. It was two weeks from yesterday. Opening day in St. Louis. Uh Otto Lopez is back from the World Baseball Classic, so we'll be able to get a, a view of him uh, as he continues to bid for that 26-man spot. Jimmy Garcia is back from the World Baseball Classic. Jose Barrios is still uh, with the Puerto Rican team. What do you think John Schneider and Ross Atkins 
will be focusing on these final two weeks. Like, though it, 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 it appears, I mean, you say Kikuchi's late. He's got the fifth starter spot. That battle's no over. Question. That no battle's question. done. Yeah. The rotation Absolutely. is set. Now, we don't know who's going to pitch when for the most part, but the rotation is set. We know who the five starters are going to be. Yeah, I just want to tell you this. For the opening day starter, uh, I, I have uh, been told that, that Gosman wants two more starts in, in spring training. So if you do the math, his third start would be the 30th. That would be the opening day of the season. Right. Now, they could mix it around, and maybe he only gets one more start to give him some time off. Right. That's something I will not ask Petey, because Petey will not give me the answer. Well, no, that. we're not going to. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he will, uh, he will only be telling the people that matter the most, which is the first and second guy. And I don't have any insight on whether one guy cares or the other and doesn't care. I, for right, me, it's 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 one guy. Is there and a that's job, Kevin Gossman, But is there a question right now over that? Yeah, whether well, twenty six man. Is there, okay, so the twenty six man is it, right? I would say the twenty six okay. man. Yeah, you know, you know, do you want to take the the left handed outfielder? Uh, or do you want to take Otto Lopez, who who can play everywhere, who can use the whole field, who has simplified? Greg Hamilton even came on and said the exact same thing I've been telling you guys is, mm-hmm. you know, he he just knows how to sit over there for a couple of days, do nothing, and come off and be competitive and not hurt your team. What does that sound like? That sounds like twenty six man on a contending yeah. team. It makes too much sense. Now, probably they've already made their decision. They just haven't told anybody. I'm sure they haven't even told the player what makes more sense. So. I would see. I would assume that is, you know, something. And I just think you, you, the Brandon Belt thing. You want to get him if he is your cleanup hitter, which probably you're facing St. Louis. You know, you get a righty out the gate. It would make sense that he hits cleanup. Kirky hits fifth. Make sure Brandon Belt is bat speeds there. You know, he's taking pitches. He's got a firm front side, which is the right knee. You need to see these things. You need to see that he's running out to first base. I saw him hit a ground ball when I was there live. I was sitting right behind home play. He ain't run. <laughs> he ain't run to first. Like, mm-hmm. he got halfway, he peeled off. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, man, that would have been nice when I was playing to have an opportunity to be able to do that. <laughs> I think that would that would, that would have been Nice. So, so I, I, you know, I think that's probably where they're at. You know, this this team's established. I think their bullpen set. I, I've, I've said this. Other people disagree with me. I don't think there's an opportunity for Nate Pearson to make the team, or, or I think there's a good options when they, you know, when the season goes along, guys get sent down. You, you seeing what you got. So, there's some little things, but I think they're starting to iron it out and hit the ground running. Well, uh, as we mentioned, the Jays have uh, split squad action today against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the TV game will be from Dunedin. The radio game also from Dunedin as well. It'll also be streaming. Uh, and another another half, if you want to call it that, the other split squad uh, for the Blue Jays will be in, in, in Clearwater to take on the Phillies uh, split squad. So uh, a busy day at the Blue Jays comp- complex. And... Uh, been a busy morning as well. A couple of guys throwing side sessions, and uh, Pete Walker, the Blue Jays pitching coach, has been out there watching them, and we're very pleased that he's taken time out to join uh, to join Kevin and myself and Blair and Barker. Pete, thanks so much for doing this. I, I, I trust Springs treating you well, and uh, and everything is 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 going smoothly. You know, Kevin and I, and a lot of people, obviously, have spent a lot of time talking about Pitchcom this spring, and I know we've got two weeks left. I don't think we know yet whether or not Major League Baseball is going to allow pitchers to wear the pitch comm, although it appears as if most people seem to to like that, having the option between pitchers and catchers. I, I just wanted an overview from you as to where you think the Jays 
rotation and bullpen is right now in terms of comfort level with pitch calm, with the pitch clock, with the disengagement rules, all of that stuff. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, it's great to talk to you guys, obviously. Uh, yeah, you know what? We've been, we spent a lot of time with that this spring. Um, obviously, our starters and relievers getting used to it. Uh, we did you know, use Pitchcom in the past, but now the opportunity for a pitcher to actually initiate a call uh, is pretty interesting. Um, I have a feeling, a strong feeling, that that will go through for the season, um, especially with the pitch clock and the way it, way it works just to make sure guys with multiple pitches, you know, three, four, five pitches, you know, if they're shaking, it gives them the opportunity of uh, kind of shortening up that time frame and, and calling a pitch that they really have conviction in. So I, I like the idea. I think that'll fly. Um, so far, our guys have been really good with all of it. Um, the pitch clock hasn't been an issue. I think guys are working a little faster, which is great for the game. I think our guys are, are spending less time thinking or overthinking, I should say. It's always good to think a little bit, but not too much. Um, you know, uh, I think Kikuchi in particular has been, it's benefited him quite a bit. Uh, so, so, so far so good. I mean, we haven't had many issues at all. Uh, we haven't been banged for balls or box, um, maybe just once or twice early in spring, but I think, I think the guys are getting the hang of it and actually, uh, like it. Uh, well, uh, Bassett has been caught from Danny Jansen's first couple of starts, and I think Kirky is catching him today, and, and Jeff mentioned the pitch calm. Is it easier because he does have seven pitches and there's a lot of thought goes into tunneling and lanes and you know where he wants sure. the catcher to set up for all the different pitches that he's trying to throw? Is it, you know, this this having Kirky catch Bassett, is this a big deal, Petey? Is it, are we overthinking this because they are two big leaguers? Kirky's been around long enough to know this. Or is it that yeah. having Bassett be able to push his own button make this a lot easier for Kirky to sort of just get in yeah. the flow of where he needs to set up sooner? Yeah, you know, Kirky's a little bit behind as far as that's concerned, you know, coming into camp a little bit late. So uh, as far as catching up and getting to know a pitcher, it actually is a great service, you know, where uh, Bassett can kind of dictate a little bit. Kirky can uh, learn about him a little bit more. And hopefully during the season, we won't need it as much, right? So I think it just expedites the process right now, uh, gives them an opportunity to work together and, and not overthink it going in. You know, Bassett has the opportunity to call his own pitch. Uh, obviously, Kirky can call some pitches as well. and They're really just getting to know each other today, just in case uh, they happen to, happen to work with each other during the course of the season. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I'm wondering, look, we got used to seeing Kirk and Manoa last year. I, I'm just wondering if this year, they're, because of the fact there's only going to be two catchers on the roster, likely, and because you've got Brandon Belt now, and that kind of complicates playing time for Alejandro in some ways, are we going to... Uh, is it is it pretty much going to be, you know, whoever's hot and whatever the matchup is that dictates who's catching in a particular day? Uh, other than, as I said, I presume Manoa and Kirk would be probably the kind of the marriage that you would keep together there. Yeah, I mean, certainly there's some guys that tend to work together uh, even better and, and we'll probably push to get those matchups uh but I, honestly, we want to keep both those guys fresh. Uh, what we really want is all of our pitchers to be comfortable with, with, with both our catchers um, and can throw to them at any time, which, which is really the consensus right now. I think uh, we, we're very fortunate in that aspect where some years it's not so much the case. Uh, but to have Kirk and Jansen both, um, you know, have the respect of their pitching staff and, and able to lead a pitching staff and, and the respect vice versa, I think uh, goes a long way. So that. That shouldn't be an issue. I mean, we should be able to uh, really 
look at the matchups of uh, who's pitching, who, you know, who's maybe a better matchup out of the two from an offensive standpoint, and then obviously who matches up best with the pitcher. Um, so we, we, we do have some uh, uh, options there. And, but honestly, with the two of them and the respect they, they get from our pitchers, it's, it's really a no-brainer for either one of them to be catching. Petey, whenever I heard that Jose Barrios was going to the WBC, I was excited about that. I know he'd made some changes in the offseason. I said, man, if he goes there and, and can translate these changes, you know, in front of some really, really good hitters, and when the lights are the brightest, that can only boast that confidence and, and have him hit the ground running because you guys really need some 200 innings from him. And then he doesn't. Sure. Is there, is there, whenever you were watching that, is, is there a big concern about him and – if there is a concern, is there when he does come back to spring training? So, because he, he should be back, you know, in enough time that you can sit down with him. Is there something that you sure. would like to see happen from him before the season actually happens, starts? Yeah, you know what? But before he, that's a great question. Before he left, uh, you know, he was he was doing some of the things that were really uh, we were encouraged by. You know, locating his fastball, delivery was sound, ball was carrying. Uh, the spin was really good. The changeup, a lot of confidence, and obviously got into that game. I didn't see the game. I actually th- thought it was a 7:30 start, so I was actually at dinner, and, and, and Schneider texted me and said that he was having trouble in the first inning. So when I got home to put it on, it was, he was already out of the game, and I ended up watching the whole game back uh, the following morning uh, with our with our technology, obviously our blue seam system. But uh, I was able to watch it back, and, and initially I was a little bit concerned because of the way the outing went. But then when I saw it uh, firsthand, I wasn't as concerned at all. Um, it really was more uh, game plan and pitch selection in that outing. Um, it didn't really match up with what we do or how we would attack a guy like Santander or even some of those right-handed hitters with Jose. So from that standpoint, it was actually a relief um, because I think it was more in how we're going to attack hitters. Uh, he really pounded a lot of those righties in consistently and got behind in the count, um, throwing Santander a first-pitch breaking ball uh, to a very good breaking ball hitter. It's something we would we would not do, especially for a strike or you know in that in that hot zone. So it just it just made more sense as to why there was a little bit of a struggle, but it certainly wasn't his stuff. And it was more pitch selection in that game. So, to be honest with you, I felt better about it. And when we get him here, we'll get him back on track as far as how we're going to attack hitters. Petey, explain to me, you know, whenever I watch him, I've talked to you a bunch. It's uh, it's the self-correcting on the mound. I, I, I just yep. sometimes wonder why that's an issue. He's been around a long time, Petey. I, I, that's just the sure. one thing. He's got really good stuff. I mean, the, there's life on the sure. heater, like you mentioned, the, the all the breaking yep. stuff that he throws. And it's just the, you know, he throws three or four bad sinkers in a row. It just seems like he can't figure it out. Is there a reason why you think that would be? Well, I think a little bit, a little bit was mechanical um, last year. Uh, you know, I can't. There's, there's some things you just don't necessarily put your finger on. There's a few different things going on, but but for him right now is really what we're concentrating on. And honestly, this spring it's been really good, kind of like Kikuchi. Uh, you know, before mm-hmm. Barrios left, I mean, a lot of the things we're seeing in spring are really encouraging, and, and you feel like they're back to their old self. So. Um, I think we just want to get Jose back here, to be honest with you, and yeah. uh, get him in a groove here with us and with our catchers um, and get him in the environment he's most, most comfortable with. And, and I expect him to be solid this year for sure. Um, he's on a mission uh, and talking to him prior to him leaving. I mean, he felt really good. And even after that game, you know, I, I think he's still in a, in a good place, as, as disappointing as that game was to him. And I expect him to be a, a solid contributor to this rotation this year. We've got uh... – Two weeks less a day before the opener, Pete. What are you? Right. What are you working on now? What do you? What do you need to see yeah. from your from your guys now? 
Yeah, it's it's time to turn it up a notch. I mean, there's been some good things for sure we've seen in our main guys. Um, you know, I think now it's 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 a regular. It's been a regular spring training, so it wasn't shortened. Uh, we we have time uh, to finish up strong here and get guys built up uh, to their to their pitch counts that we want going into the season. And you know, I think we, knock on wood, we've been we've been relatively healthy here, um, and we just want to stay that way. So right now, it's really just. Continue to get the work in, uh, continue to focus on, on each pitch and each outing and get better each time out. And, you know, come opening day, our rotation should be in great shape. Uh, Petey, I don't, I don't want to, you know, pick it that Alec Manoa, because he's Alec Manoa. I mean, he does things on the yeah. mound. We've seen it. We, sure. But but it is, yep. you know, the, the word's out sort of what he does, right? He's got the snaky hater. He throws the slider a lot. Is there going to be a time where we, we see him throw or use a third pitch? Like, the, I don't want to say yeah. has to. <clears throat> But, you know, yeah. when the word gets out, this guy's really good at game planning against certain guys. Now, that sneaky sure. hater plays no matter if you know it's coming or not. But it does seem right. like if you if you could ever say that it could take him to a different level, I don't even know if you could say yeah. that. But if you yeah. could say that, yeah, yeah. would it be that sure. third pitch, Pity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you saw it at times last year. You know, you saw that change up for sure. I think this year you'll see it more. Um, he realizes the effectiveness of it and the shape of it. It's really a quality pitch. Um, so I'm, I'm excited uh, to implement that pitch. I don't know if you've, been, if you've been following spring training. He's definitely used it, um, which is great. I don't care if the hitters out there know. Right-handers are going to see it more. It's just going to set up everything else. So I think it's certainly a pitch that will benefit him and us and, and make all this stuff that much better. So, again, we don't want him to think he has to be better than he was last year and sure. all of a sudden start changing things. You know, that's the last thing you want to do. But to always improve on a pitch – and maybe utilize it a little differently, I think is really important. And I think he will evolve and, and just continue to get better. Now, I know there were some side sessions today. I don't know if you had a chance to see Ricky Tiedemann. I don't know if he's throwing, but um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. How did he look? And, and what's your read on him this spring? He's, he's special. Um, you know, I got to see him a little bit, obviously, throwing some sides and then in a couple of games. But he, he's got an electric arm. Um, obviously, big, uh, big competitor, uh, huge competitor. Um, very focused and determined, work ethics off the charts. He's doing all the things right, checking all the boxes, so to speak, uh, at an early age. So, um, you know, the the ceiling is very high for this, for Ricky, and, and he's, he's a pleasure to be around. I think he took a lot out of Major League Camp being around uh, Gossman and Bassett and, and Manoa and, and Romano and, and some of the relievers that we have as well. So it's it's been awesome for some of these young guys to be around this. It's only going to help them uh, throughout the course of the season. And, and uh you know, right now, for some of those guys, the, the world is his. You know, mm-hmm. if he can just if he can take advantage of it, stay on top of his game, continue to uh, make his routines a uh, priority, um, he's going to be a real effective major league pitcher, obviously. And the other guy I don't sleep on is a guy I've really enjoyed watching, Sam Roberts. Um, uh, this kid is something special as well, and I'm uh, very excited about him as – uh, for a lot of the, the younger guys, too. But Roberts is another guy that's not far off and, and really excited about the way he throws the ball. Uh, R- Ricky is uh, there's not going to have any red flags over him starting the season because of the shoulder? No, no. no. He's, he's actually – we just it was just a minor bump. We took a couple days off. He's okay. actually thrown aside. He'll be, he'll be in a game in the next few days. So we're, we're excited about that, and uh, he's, he's fine. Pete, Pete, do we have an update on Mitch White? Yeah, he, he threw a live BP yesterday um, and threw very well. No issues at all. Um, you know, velocity is coming. And uh, breaking stuff looked really good through two innings, about 35 pitches in a simulated game. So he's going to throw a side uh, the day after. Actually, 
day after tomorrow, and he'll be in a major league game as well. So if all goes well there, so we'll be seeing him out there. And, and uh, again, he feels really good right now, a little bit behind everybody else, which we all know, and, but we'll, uh, we'll take it one game at a time. Petey, there, a lot of the good talk around camp is Nate Pearson, and and I, I'd love to ask you. You know, he's consistently throwing hard, and I and I've been saying, man, if you can yeah. ever get that up to a hundred, right? I, it just seems like he's a guy that has to have it somewhere close to to three digits for the secondary stuff to be working. What have you seen that you've liked in spring training from him? I, I see a composed, confident kid again. Um, you know, someone who's not concerned about all the you know exterior noise. Um, I think he's just focused on making pitches, uh, locating his fastballs. Even even more so, Kev, than the the velocity. To be honest with you, is is the location of his pitches. So that's more of the focus. Um, you know, working up in the zone, but also being able to go down and away to guys uh, to get them to bite on that slider and to bite on that curveball a little bit more. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing for him right now is locating his heater. Um, obviously, you know, letting it fly and letting it go. But um, I'm more concerned with location with him than I am uh, the triple digits. And, you know, if he can if he can do that with the triple digits, it's even better. Right. So yep. I think that's a priority right now is for the consistency um, in how he's approaching hitters and then just competing, you know, going out there and just competing and, and letting it all out um, and, and not holding anything back. So I think that's what we're seeing so far. And I'm, I'm real pleased with where he's at right now. Pete, listen, you've been extremely generous with your time. We really appreciate it. You know we always appreciate it when you come on. Absolutely. Love the insight. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, keep it. I was going to say, get us through these final two weeks of spring training and uh, safe travels. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I know. Thanks, buddy. It. You're the best. Thanks. Love. Thanks. That's Pete Walker, Blue Jays pitching coach. And uh, should mention, by the way, that according to John Schneider, you say Kikuchi should be good for 75 to 80 pitches today. And uh, Mark, you said there was something with Drew Hutchison. I'm sorry. Can you, uh, uh, Mark, said there was some sort of situation with Drew Hutchison involving an MRI. Uh, but we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out from Mark in a few minutes. Drew Hutchison, Mark, can you remind me again? Okay, okay. there you go, an oblique strain, but no structural damage. So he had an MRI for an oblique strain. Yeah, uh, it's too bad. They're, they're, they're going you know, yeah. to need depth. Like, they're, there's a – Yes. You're gonna, and you're going to need a bunch of guys that are, that are filling in the blanks there. Petey gave you a lot of good insight there, right? It was – you know, the, the, that's an intriguing talk about Nate Pearson that he's more, uh, you know – beating into his head between the ears about the location instead of the, the always turning around looking at the velocity. Me, I, look, it's just we've seen the 94 with him doesn't play. Yeah. That's why I mentioned that. And I, and I know Petey's doing his job and, and, and really trying to say, okay, let's figure out how to locate it first. And then we can figure out how to consistently stay at the velocity you need it to be at. But it's that's intriguing, right? He could be a piece to this. I ain't saying he's making the team and neither, neither did Petey. But I'm just saying he could be a nice little piece into the season if a guy goes down, being that sixth or seventh inning guy that can come in and, and locate you something and get you an out whenever you needed it. I was going to say you need you need guys in the bullpen that can get you out without having the ball put in play, right? And that's that's 
that's we haven't really seen that. That that's what I said. Predictability starting the season is a big deal for this team. Yep. And you really don't know if if Nate Pearson come in with a runner on second base and two outs and facing a righty and can throw dotted up two sliders and elevate a hundred. Let's you don't find know if he out. Can do that. Let's find out. Well, I'd rather find out after he went down to AAA and no. did it for two months, and then he's got confidence to come up here and do it. Let's team. find out in April. Well, good luck. Let's find out in April. Good luck with that. Ben Wagner is the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He'll have the call of this afternoon's game from Dunedin 107 first pitch. Ben Wagner joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven will be the first pitch today. Jays and Phillies from Dunedin. A Jays split squad is in Clearwater to play the Phillies. The squad for the Dunedin game, the TV game, Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Belt, Merrifield, Jansen, Kiermaier, Copper, Clement, and Kikuchi. Uh, bullpen regulars, Pearson, Romano, Simber, also uh, scheduled to pitch in that game. The game will be at 107 on Sportsnet 590. The fan and Sportsnet. Let's bring in. Do we have... We have Ben Handy. Let's bring in Ben Wagner. He will have the call of the game today. He's joining us from the press box in Dunedin. Mr. Wagner, how you doing? Good morning. Uh, sun is out. This place is splashed oh. with green all over. So uh, it is a very festive start to the day. Yeah, you're not wearing green, are you? I am, actually. Oh. Play along, Jeff. Shorts? Play green, along shorts? On St. green shorts? Stop it. No. What? I green shorts. At the whole ensemble. I mean, I don't want to look what? like a nerd. Yeah, I just I I'm conflicted by St. Patrick's Day. I really am. I I really I just don't get it. I, I would I just anyhow. Well, it's because you're not Irish, right? Well, I'm real Irish. <laughs> Part of the Blair family's from Northern Ireland. Forget so it. as we say, oh, okay, the real okay. Irish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just everything got but me the grudge. Trouble. Um, yeah, I usually show up wearing orange for St. Patrick's Day. That's. Always, always goes over well. Uh, we've got less than two weeks before the season starts, Mr. Wagner. As I'm sure you're well aware, what do you, what do you still need to see in these two weeks? Like, if I asked you for Ben Wagner's checklist of stuff he is going to be paying attention to in these next two weeks, what would that checklist look like? I would like to see Brandon Belt play a couple of games in a row. I'd like to see Brandon Belt also play first base. I'd like to see the mobility of Brandon Belt. That's that's on my checklist of things. The 26th man is a nice talking piece. Uh, I think, uh, and I know he's coming back from the WBC with a little bit of a groin injury or issue, but Otto Lopez, to me, is the front runner in the clubhouse because I think there's a lot less of a need for Otto Lopez to play every day no matter where he is, at the major league level or the minor league level, I think the guys that are in the pecking order there, like Nathan Lucas or Addison Barger, need those in-game reps. In fact, I was talking with somebody about that on the field yesterday in Sarasota, and I asked them to rank, like, is there a priority here with guys that need to play every day, and you want that rhythm, you want that availability uh, for somebody playing every day. And Barger right there is at the top of the list, right? The young guy, they want him to play. They want him to be on the field every day. And for me, that spot is in AAA, and that also defensively means at third base. So uh, that's that's a big 
that's on the the pecking order for me. Um, you know, then you get into the bullpen, right? I I still think mm. there are spots in the bullpen that are up for grabs, and mm. couple of names you know, that are always frequent and always on the tip of the tongue. And I heard Pete Walker's answer about Nate Pearson there, and it's interesting that you know they're still focusing on having Nate throw up in the zone, um, and. You know, sometimes that's where Nate struggles, and that seems to be a priority w- with Nate, who's who's told a lot of us over the course of the last couple of years, he feels like he's a better pitcher when he's pitching downhill and in the bottom of the zone and possesses the most power and, and dominant stuff that way. But, um, you know, there's a lot of love affair with the elevated pitch, and if you can get into the upper 90s with elevated fastballs, that's always intriguing for a lot of people and a lot of organizations to do it that way. I want to see more from Nate Pearson. Uh, we're going to see Adam Simber get on the bump, and he's been kind of MIA over the last couple of days, so it's going to be interesting to watch him play today and pitch today. So, uh, you know, there are a couple of question marks in this bullpen, and, and how does some uh, how does some on-the-fringes names that you hear in the backfields, guys that are impressing, like uh, Bowden Francis is somebody over the last couple of days. His name's popped up as Uptick in velocity. He's a lot stronger in the lower half. There's a lot more drive. He's pitching downhill. He's really opened some eyes, and the metrics are coming back that uh, seemed that his name is in conversation a little bit more. If Mitch White isn't ready to go, if you need a multiple inning guy out of that bullpen, he's somebody that was acquired. And um, there, you know, there are a couple other interesting names in the background making some noise here, trying to make this bullpen. We'll see uh, Ernie Clement in the lineup today. He was signed as a uh, as a utility player, uh, and and when he was signed, my first thought was Ben, and I could be wrong here, but my first thought was this is a guy that the Jays would like to have at AAA to maybe be a sounding board for Addison Barger. Am I am I on the right right path there? In addition to what he could offer them, I'm not saying they just bring a guy in to babysit, but a guy like that, I would think, might have some some value in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you bring Addison Barger to the big leagues, you want him to play a lot and he'll play a lot at third base, right? So you're going to get a good sounding board at AAA. You're going to get a solid guy uh, from what we have been told, you know, is a good, solid guy in the clubhouse at the same time. So he's not going to ruffle a lot of feathers. And if there are moves around him made, he's not going to gravel too much, which at AAA you can certainly get a lot, especially if you're performing and you get passed over when there's a promo needed. Um, I, and I think this is this is definitely somebody that Barger can learn from when he's at AAA. And Ernie Clement, if it's just, I mean, let's just work the waiver wire how it works, right? If you need somebody for three or four days, this would be somebody probably you could call up and then slip back through waivers, and he goes right back to AAA mm-hmm. early in the season. Uh, ben, Matt Chapman, we, we rarely talk about the toe tap. You, do you think that he has seen enough in spring training with that little toe tap? Now, I've seen it a couple of times, and I'm going to be the first to raise my hand. I don't like he. It's, 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 it's in a hurry. Like, it's a hurried movement. And guys who are trying to do something to have a, like Siddle says, that negative movement back to go to a positive movement – it has to be like methodical, right? When you're learning something, you want to slow that thing down. You want it be, you want it to be on time. Seems like it's in a big hurry. You think you he has seen enough from it that he would use it when it matters the most? No, 
No, I don't think there he's seen go. enough yet. I, I don't think I, – I think the key for me, talking with people around the cage – for Chappie, it's that load, right? Even though it's a negative move, yeah. and we've we've heard that, but that's the load that we've seen a number of Blue Jays do. And Vladdy, when it's right, he is the best at it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that there is a comfort level yet with Matt Chapman, and that's another reason why he's playing across town today. You know, he's getting those extra in-game at bats, and I think he's going to get a lot of abs over the last couple of weeks, and. and I kind of floated the idea, do you do you go through spring training making this adjustment and then ditch it? I think this is something that he's going to stick with and and really give it a long run here to see if it translates, one, through the next couple of weeks, but also at the start of the regular season before you see something ben, drastic for Chappie. Ben, he's trying to get paid, right? You remember yeah. that? He's trying, he's trying well, to get paid. I, hey, I'm we're with, hearing I'm rumblings at $200 million. Can he do it yeah. with a quick toe tap? I I mean, I get it. He's trying to make more contact because we saw last year he makes contact, and he knows the exact same thing that we know. Them fences are closer at the Rogers Center. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Get, I, could make a little bit, I could make a little bit more money get, hitting a few more homers if I can put more balls in play. Kevin, he's remember the, early the first two, yeah. with the toe The tap. first two months yeah. we, we, we were talking about, like, oh, Chapman might have, you know, just missed this by, you know, three feet at Rogers Center. It's a home run in 17 it. different other mm-hmm. ballparks. Like, mm-hmm. listen, th- this is a reason why that load is so important. Uh, it's another thing why contact is so important. The ability then to let that load perhaps find some some drive, not only pulling the ball, and he, he pulls a ton of stuff, right? Left mm-hmm. center field to left field. If he can go right center field a little bit with the toe tap, Letting the ball travel, and this is why he spent a week down in Texas working with those guys. And Bo Bichette is is the master of letting the ball travel, and Dante was there as well. And they were working on the entire approach for Matt Chapman. And the end game here is free agency. Let's let's not kid ourselves, right? And if all of a sudden, not not only does Matt Chapman hit 30 home runs in the new confines at Rogers Center, if he's getting on base more, and he's producing more RBIs, and he's scoring more runs. All of a sudden, those little things check more boxes for more teams, too, not only the Blue Jays. Yeah, he is uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, He is picking he – is, he's in a perfect spot if you want to have another career year going into a free oh. agency because there's, just, there's not a lot out there in the market. There's not going to be a lot he's, out there in the market. Yeah, it's him. No doubt. It's him, right? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, all, it's all there in front of him, man. It really yeah. is. It really is. Uh, Alejandro Kirk will be across town catching uh, Chris Bassett in Clearwater. Is is Kirk Manoa the only set pairing in your mind right now? Like we asked Pete about that, and he kind of, you know, he said we, they only have two catchers this year, first of all, and they're not worried about developing anybody, right? So mm-hmm. you're, this is going to be your battery, whatever this, this is going to be your, your set of batteries for the next two or three years because everybody's on a multi-year contract and everybody, you know, the he's... Jansen and Kirk are going to be around for a while. Is there any pairing other than Manoa and Kirk that you think is set in stone? Is Manoa and Kirk set in stone? I think Manoa and Kirk is set in stone. I think Danny Jansen is going to get a heavy, heavy dose of the assignments behind the plate, and that is to keep Alejandro Kirk on the field of play, keep his bat in the lineup first and foremost uh, for this Blue Jays offense as often as you can possibly do it. Uh, they do not want to have Alejandro Kirk catching back-to-back days, and they're going to massage this 
at at very very fine points of detail, but especially early in the season to make sure that everybody's on the field and Kirk's bat is in there as much as possible. Ben, what's the biggest worry for the Blue Jays? Do you think pitching? Pitching. What happens in the four and the five? Uh, Jose Barrios, Yusei Kikuchi. Um, you know, I was. It's interesting. I heard Pete Walker talk about that outing in the WBC because I had the same yeah. reaction that I think a lot of people did with his early struggles, right? Because the struggles for Barrios were early in those starts. Mm-hmm. Even though he took the ball every fifth day, it was not an injury situation. Uh, he was going through a lot. I want to see some calmness and the innings be able to be logged for Jose Barrios. There's less of a concern with that number five, and I think Yusei Kikuchi is going to become Ross Stripling 2.0 in mm-hmm. the way that they manage his starts. It's going to be two times through the order. Does that get you three innings? Does that get you five innings? You just raise your hands and say, thank you very much. You've done your job today. Mm-hmm. And then you roll right into the bullpen and, and figure it out that way. So that raises the awareness for me on that number four starter. And Jose Barrios right now is that guy. So uh, you get four guys, you're rolling. Uh, you know, if you can find that consistency, that dependability in your top four, You've got something. If you're trying to figure it out two out of the five days a week, I think that raises a little bit more concern for the Blue Jays, and you're less comfortable rolling into the season the way that that you would rather have. Um, and because there's the trickle-down, right? It's it, Then you get into the bullpen usage and how many guys need to stay fresh and how do you keep guys sharp. You're trying to cover multiple innings. Your long man becomes way more important in that scenario too. So pitching for, for me – is is a really big calling card the first couple of months for the Blue Jays right at the start. Ben, before we let you run, uh, just a general question about the World Baseball Classic. Of course, Edwin Diaz is hurt. He's done for the year with a patellar tendon in- injury. It's been interesting on social media getting seeing the different reactions from players and you know not so much from fans necessarily, but players and front office types to that injury. Uh, what has the chatter been around the camp about World Baseball Classic? If you if you put all pulled all the pulled all the Blue Jays players and said keep it or ditch it, what do you think the majority answer would be? Would it be close it. or would it be a landslide? I, I, I it would not be a landslide. Okay, no, no, no. no. It, I, it would be more favorable of keeping it, uh, especially when you talk to players that have represented their country in prior years, Mm -hmm. whether it be at the junior level or on the world stage, Olympics or even the WBC. There is certainly a passion. And early in the season, to build that team chemistry, that camaraderie, and that drive for one goal with your countrymen, I think is something that really invigorates these guys is exciting for a lot of the players. And it's something that you cannot match in spring training in front of 2,500 in Lakeland. Right. You know, you would much rather have that level of competition. And and listen, I'll be the first to raise my hand. I was glued to the screen, innings one through nine, watching the Dominican and Team Puerto Rico play Mm -hmm. and the electric atmosphere in Miami. And also, you know, the ripple effects that we saw Overseas and what we were witnessing in Phoenix, too. Um, uh, I, I was on the edge of my chair every time Otto Lopez came to the plate. 
the, the at-bats are different. The game, the energy is different. Uh, I'm feeling it as a fan and as somebody loosely connected to all these things. I can't imagine what it's like to be in that clubhouse yeah. and, and have that playoff atmosphere. That's why I think overwhelmingly it continues to win from a player perspective, and we know Major League Baseball is going to continue to drive this bus. Ben, really good of you to do this, my friend. Thanks so much. Have a great call this afternoon. 107, you and Caleb uh, on the radio and on the website, and uh, uh, Danny and Joe will have the call on the TV side. Thanks again, Thanks, my buddy. friend. Yeah, good to Good to chat with you guys. Be well. That's Ben Wagner, radio voice of the Blue Jays. As the uh, Jays will take on the Phillies and uh, in Dunedin. And it's interesting. He, he's saying there's spots open in the pen. Boy, well, we kind of the Adam Simber stuff. Tra- I, the Adam Simber stuff is interesting because I, you know, look, I'd be lying if I said I'm following every pitcher every day and seeing what their activity is. But yeah, we haven't seen a great deal of him this spring. I don't think. He's a veteran guy. I mean, he, he sort of knows. He's like Brandon Belt, right? You yeah. need two weeks of swings. You know yourself. You've been around long enough that, you know, you're adding and subtracting. You're doing it with trickery. I mean, I don't know what benefit you get of going out there and 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 showcasing that the the, the first day of spring training. I, I don't know if I'd read too much into that again. It, that'll be interesting. They'd have to get rid of somebody for there to be a big move for me. Yep. No, it'll be uh... – It'll be interesting. It'll give us something to talk about over the next two weeks. Anyhow, Mr. Barker, thank you for doing this. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day. Don't have Thanks too much green me, beer. Buddy. Hey, I appreciate it. It was my pleasure having you, Kevin. Have a great weekend. You too. Uh, again, if you're listening to us on podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Blair and Barker.